This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hey, what's good? Welcome back to another edition of the 24-7 Sports Football Recruiting Podcast. I am Blair Angulo. Remember to rate us, review us, and subscribe if you leave a recruiting question with a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. You've got a chance to have that question answered on an upcoming mailbag episode. Try maybe to ask any 2022 class rankings or, or class questions or anything like that, that that we can get to here in the next few weeks. We've got a special guest on the show today Shay Dixon he covers LSU recruiting and the LSU beat for 24-7 sports go 247.com Shay how are we doing glad to be back on uh, on the pod and it's been I'll tell you what my uh, my past 24 hours were busier than my actual February signing day obviously <laughs> December is the bulk of it all but golly uh, after signing day LSU picks up Brian Thomas and then a grad or a transfer uh, in Mike Jones Jr. out of Clemson uh, on Wednesday. So 24 hours brought two new commitments turned signees. Well, this is why we wanted to have you on the show. So obviously LSU lands Brian Thomas, like you mentioned, he's a top 100 prospect in the 2021 class. The traditional signing day had already passed. Uh, That was the first Wednesday of February, but there was some movement in the team rankings for the 2021 class with that signee with, with LSU landing Brian Thomas Jr., the receiver, that allowed the Tigers to leapfrog Georgia in the team rankings to the number three spot behind Alabama and Ohio State. Uh, Uncatchable, those two, and and they're still duking it out. Both of those schools still hoping to add to that class with JT Tuimolau, the number one prospect in the 2021 class, the five-star defensive lineman from the state of Washington, still on the board and expected to announce his decision maybe this spring. But LSU going into number three, that was a pretty significant move for them to improve on the class that they built you know off air before we started recording I was throwing out some numbers I was getting a little nerdy there LSU with the number 15 class in the 2018 class then the year after that they rose up to number five in the 2020 class rankings they finished number four and now they're number three I'm sure LSU fans are now expecting a top two class in this 2022 class Oh my gosh, you're, they would not be happy with that. They want number one. Uh, that's the, the goal. Look, I mean, if you look back at, at that range and that first class, what, 2018, uh, when they were ranked 15 in the country, uh, that followed Ed Orgeron's full, first full year uh, on the recruiting trail, right? Because uh, he takes over for Les Miles, who had been here 12 years, midway through that 2016 season. Uh, there was all the fanfare with Herman Jimbo. Ultimately, they promote O, give him, remove the interim tag. Uh, and then he was on the road starting with that 2017 season. And from there, they've gone uh, with that 18 class, as you said, a top 15 finish. But now 
back into the top 10 and really in recent years, pretty firmly into the top five. So I think it's good for, <laughs> it says something about recruiting rankings, right? Two years ago, LSU wins a national championship and uh, we've seen certainly Alabama, Clemson there, Ohio State battling, uh, Georgia trying to get themselves in the mix. And uh, over the past two years, that's been the four or five teams that have finished uh, atop our rankings at 24-7 sports. So uh, the rich continue to get richer. But I, I think with LSU, this class, more than anything, Blair, is that I think they addressed a lot of good needs. With this class in particular, and, and we'll get to Brian Thomas in a little bit, I think what stands out to me is the not only the the quantity, because they, they signed over 20 prospects, but there's a lot of quality at positions that, that maybe they were missing on uh, in, in other classes, right? When I think when you start to get to this point and you stockpile the roster with star after star after star, you can get a little bit more selective and get a little bit more specific on certain positions that you want and certain positions that you need receiver is obviously one of those brian thomas a top 100 prospect in the composite top 100 prospect in the 24 7 sports rankings what do you like about him what's the potential for him to potentially get in there in the rotation early on at receiver i think it's going to be really interesting because lsu has never had a shortfall uh, of receivers it's the one position that certainly this louisiana gives them you know, in spades every year. And, and you can look over the past, you know, you think of Jarvis and Odell and, you know, all these receivers. Now, Justin Jefferson, Jamar Chase will be a first round pick. Certainly, Terrace Marshall uh, has a chance to be. Uh, all of those guys are considered, uh, you know, the wide receiver faces of the NFL for LSU. Uh, but you look, when was the last time LSU didn't have really two stud first round receivers on the team? It was gosh, 2017, Orgeron's first year, they were starting DJ Chark and Russell Gage. Both those guys start for NFL teams at receiver right now. So and Chark's certainly emerging to be one of the better young ones. So NFL talent at receiver will always be on this roster. Now you look at this class and I look at Alabama's. Bama signed four, LSU signed five, but they're all just so good. And you look at LSU, I like what they did here because we saw Raheem Jarrett, we saw Jermaine Burton flip on LSU a year ago at signing day. And they were left a bit scrambling, right? I mean, they had signed Kayshawn Butte. That was huge. He had a you know, great freshman year by the time he was able to get onto the field. But you look into this future and, and into the class, the room's turning over a good bit. And to sign four guys in December and knowing Brian Thomas was out there and that you'd have a shot at him and he's one of your in-state priorities. There had been times before where Orgeron would say, we're not going after Jack Besh, or we're not going after Malik Neighbors, who these are guys who committed and signed with LSU at receiver. Besh has been the state's most productive receiver for two years in a row. Um, you look at Malik Neighbors, he's a top 150 guy on 24-7. But LSU would say, hey, we've got Chris Hilton, who's obviously a top 100 kid from the Baton Rouge area. We've got Deion Smith, the number one prospect in Mississippi. Um, you know, we can wait around. Let's see what Brian Thomas does. And they didn't do that. They filled up the class with four guys, and they said, if Brian Thomas is in, the rich get richer. If not, we're going to be okay. And, and I like that strategy, not getting left at the altar. And ultimately, they had to go beyond Sunday to find out if it was LSU or A&M or Bama uh, for Brian Thomas. But uh, they ultimately keep him home for college. And, and I mentioned those other guys, the four guys that they signed, which I love them all. I could go through all four of them and tell you uh, for a variety of reasons why I think they could be really good. But Thomas is what I like about that addition is he's different than they are. He's the six four guy. He can certainly stretch the field. He can get up and and win a lot of 50-50 balls, which he did really well in high school. And, you know, over 
from Charles Power to Gabe Brooks, we've had comps from Michael Thomas to a Denzel Mims type player. But uh, regardless, I think you're getting a for LSU fans kind of a Reuben Randall type, a six three, six four, uh, a guy who can certainly uh, get down the field, win some jump balls, a lot like Terrace Marshall does. Uh, and that's not what those other guys are all really well known for. So uh, I like the addition that it brings them. Yeah, five receivers is a lot, but your room's turning over. We're living in this modern era of guys entering the transfer portal more often uh, than not, it seems. So they get deeper, yes, but they also add a piece that they didn't really have in the room previously. LSU lands top 100 prospect Brian Thomas to that class to bring them up to number three in the rankings. We're going to continue the conversation here with Shay Dixon on the 24-7 Sports Football Recruiting Podcast. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. We are back on the 24-7 Sports Football Recruiting Podcast. I am Blair Angulo. Before we get back to Shea Dixon, let me tell you about the College Football Daily with Trey Scott as well as the Late Kick with Josh Pate. You can search for both of those wherever you find your podcast and give those guys a subscription. Give them a listen as we continue to build an empire here on the 24-7 Sports Network of Podcasts. Now, Shay, the, the, the interesting thing about LSU doing what they did in this class and, and you know, maybe you can speak speak to to this a a little bit more because it's what I find interesting is that it's easy for an Alabama and Ohio State to recruit the way they have in this 2021 class, having competed for the national championship, having done what they did on the field, right? LSU was on the other side of things. They finished, I think, five and five. They had a, a, they had a, a very mediocre season on the field. Obviously, a lot of attrition, a lot of losses, uh, guys entering the transfer portal, they, a lot of opt-outs. There was a lot of different variables there that didn't allow LSU you to field the team that I'm sure the coaches expected to field. But I I do feel like it presented some roadblocks and I do feel like that was a challenge. So for LSU to recruit as well as they did in 2021, I can only imagine that that staff is ecstatic knowing that they're going to have maybe a a more normal year, a more normal cycle and be able to take it onto the field and then continue to build and, and maybe bring that program closer to what we saw during the 2019 season you know I think that's their hope and people forget we've talked about this before but that Bama Clemson teams like that have done so much of their great recruiting through on-campus visits following a national championship season you get to what's cooler I mean you go and you see great facilities and you know winning coaching staff and cool campuses you get to pose with the trophy you're with the trophy the dead period kicks in a month after two months after LSU wins you know and then they go a whole cycle without being able to bring kids on campus following a national championship season. Now, kudos to Orgeron and them. They finished with a top, uh, at the moment, top four class, top three, you know, range class. But the fact that they were able to do that in a pandemic, coming off that national championship into a five and five season, not having visits and, and still keep it together, super impressive. But boy, you are right. They cannot wait to turn this page to 2022. And, and they're already well on their way. I mean, they're again, top five rank. They've got a handful of really good commitments, many of which are ranked in the top 247. Uh, and I think they're excited, or at least 
a bit eager to see when things slowly might get lifted uh, and give that ability to to maybe get on campus for an official visit at some point next season or whatever it might be because, and I know a lot of staffs pride themselves on this, but LSU certainly does. They think they can really win over kids when they get to campus and they get a feel for the staff and, and the wives and, and everybody who works in the building and, and the family atmosphere is sort of what they sell. As we turn the page to the 2022 class, LSU is already off to a hot start. Nine commitments already in the 2022 class. They're up to number three nationally. It's early and the rankings right now don't mean a thing because we've still got the spring evaluation period. We've got the summer, hopefully a camp circuit this year, as opposed to what we saw last year, hopefully some visits. And and, and I think that'll all help some of these prestigious, traditionally powerhouse programs. But LSU, I think, could make make a run or at least more of an emphasis on in-state recruiting in 2022 as well. You know, and this is, this is a, I'd say twofold. It's more than that, but LSU at the back end, and there were so many, look, they lost 20 guys to the draft last year. Now, a lot of them were great players. We get it. That happens. Well, then they lost nearly 20 guys. Eventually Eric Gilbert backs out on your transfers. Terrace Marshall, you know, in the middle of the season says I'm hanging it up. And by the time they got to the end of the season and they actually won two games to get to 500 against Ole Miss in Florida, they traveled, and at least the Florida game, with 54 guys. They played against Ole Miss with 56 guys. You can only sign 25 a class. And I think what they've realized is how do we get out of this scholarship crunch that we're in or sort of dilemma? It's not a crunch because they need to add more and more names to it. I think the goal for them is now knowing, hey, look, if we're entering this era of the transfer portal having a lot of popularity, being well-known, that uh, they recruited a high level, and if they're in, you know, Arizona and and a kid's not playing uh, at LSU after a year or a year and a half, he says, hey, I'm going to head back west. I'm going to go play at UCLA or I'm going to go play at Arizona State or whatever it might be. You don't ever get that scholarship back. And I think what they realized was the kids around Louisiana – they're not going to leave because where are they going to go? They're going to go back home and they're, everyone's going to say, well, why did you leave LSU? Who would ever do that? Uh, it's the kids around here that grew up. I mean, you got to think LSU has no competition in state. UL, Tulane, La Tech are all great football programs, but they're not recruiting the guys LSU is. And uh, the fact that they can dip into Houston, into South Mississippi, but really per capita, Louisiana is up there with California and Texas and Florida and Georgia is uh, one of the most talent uh, rich states in the country when it comes to high school football prospects. So you'll always have to go get your offensive lineman or maybe your quarterback or or whatever it might be. I alluded earlier, they don't ever have to leave the state for a receiver. They're all here. Uh, Certainly on the skill player level, you could say that. But I just feel like, Blair, that they think if we can load up with more and more Louisiana guys that we feel good about, that we evaluate and, and we really like, then let's go ahead and do it and let's not waste time. Those guys will stay in the program it won't leave on us and right now as we record the podcast they have 19 offers out to juniors in louisiana now is it a deep state next year yes and and look they've already got commitments from the one-two punch at the top uh, offensive tackle will campbell and quarterback walker howard and the state of louisiana never produces either of those i mean Lael collins and cam robinson over the past 20 years were probably the only offensive tackles ranked in that five-star range. And you'd have to go back to Ryan Perilou to have a quarterback who was a five-star out of Louisiana. So to have those guys in one class was big. It's deep, but 19 offers. And I told you before we even got on, I counted it. I can't find a class in the past five years where they've offered more than 15 Louisiana guys. And they'll always end up with 10 or 11 commitments, whatever it might be. 
we've got a year to go to signing day and they're already up to 20 and they'll take these guys. They're not offering Louisiana kids for them to say, I'm in and then to say, oh, wait, no, not yet. Maybe just wait a bit. Uh, they're pushing for them. And, and I think that's the new strategy for Orgeron is I want to rebuild my roster. I'm going to do it with kids I trust around here. And every coach in the history of college football during his introductory press conference has said that he intends to build a, a fence around the state, right? And and that's the lifeblood of a program. And that's where the college, I want to say it's it's kind of the the pride, right? The, the, you get to stay home, you get to play for your home state program. And Orgeron's actually doing it. And he's doing it way in advance, like you said, nearly a year away from the traditional signing day, about nine months away, 10 months away from from the early signing period, if, if there is one in this 2022 class. Um, it, it all kind of signifies that LSU is making a strong push for those in-state prospects. And they had quite the advertisement recently during the Super Bowl with not only Leonard Fournette, but Devin White doing what he was doing on the defensive side of the ball. That's another key component that I feel like LSU right now is a, is is giving Orgeron that ammo, giving that staff so, some of the, the examples that they can point to uh, and really give recruits a, an understanding of not only can you come here and win at the college level, but we're going to develop you into a legitimate NFL player. Absolutely. And I mean, look, just start with the reality that it's been LSU, Alabama up there as the teams who have the most, I mean, we're talking 40, 50 guys on active rosters. And then you look at five first round picks a year ago, the number one pick uh, a year ago in Joe Burrow, Justin Jefferson, 1,400 yards receiving, the most in NFL history for a rookie. He pushed, and certainly had Burrow stayed healthy, would have pushed Justin Herbert for a uh, rookie of the year on offense in the NFL. So those are big things right away on top of, you know, you've got the Patrick Petersons and the Honey Badgers and uh, all of these other guys around the league. I mentioned the receivers earlier. Uh, it's It's a lot of familiar faces that you can point to that these kids watch on Sunday and say, Look, they came here, they stayed for three, four years, whatever it might be. Uh, they developed, they waited their turn. A lot of those guys didn't start out of the gate. Uh, and eventually they they went on to make a lot of money and, and be on the big stage. And uh, for LSU, look, and a year ago, the Super Bowl, uh, the Kansas City Chiefs win and they vote Tyron Matthew as their team MVP over Patrick Mahomes. And obviously Tyron Matthews become sort of a, a centerpiece in LSU's push with these kids and and pointing to what you can become no matter what size you are, no matter what ranking you are out of high school. But Devin White was everywhere. I mean, he made play after play after play, and he's in year two. And that was a Butkus Award winner at LSU. That was a guy who came to LSU and didn't start right away, didn't really get into the mix until his second year, played some special teams. They had recruited him at running back at one point, and he said, no, I'm going to switch over to linebacker. At that point, they had a, the Fournettes of the world that had a bunch of running backs on the team. He said, I'll play linebacker. Now he's one of the best. So I think it's easy for them. They call it NFLSU. NFLSU is their slogan, but uh, boy, do they harp on that as much as anything because that's his – if you're recruiting at these schools, the goal is the NFL. Uh, so to be able to point to that with so many big faces is pretty paramount to their efforts in recruiting. Yeah. So with Ohio State doing what they're doing on the trail, Alabama having just signed the best class ever in the in the rankings era, uh, I, I keep pointing to LSU as one program to watch, especially if you look at the trajectory of what they've been doing in recruiting in recent years under Ed Orgeron. Shay, thank you so much for joining us. It's been a pleasure. Hopefully we can do it again soon. Yeah, well, man, I'm hoping all these LSU fans enjoyed this and didn't just have to hear you at the end throw in that little uh, Bama has the best class ever line. That's uh, always <laughs> 
place. Hey, I had to say, I had to save it until the end. Well, for the for the listeners, Blair is uh, he's a West Coast guy. He's not an Alabama guy. You're just being fair and balanced here. Hey, man, this is how we do it here on the twenty four seven Sports Football Recruiting Podcast. Shay, it's been a pleasure. Yes, thanks so much for having me on. All right, that is Shay Dixon. You can follow him on Twitter at Shay Dixon. He covers recruiting and the LSU beat for 24-7 Sports. Go 247.com. A reminder, we're looking for recruiting questions, not only in the 2022 class, but beyond or even general recruiting questions. So if you do so, submit your five-star review on Apple Podcasts with a recruiting question for a chance to have it answered on an upcoming mailbag episode. That'll do it for us this week. Catch you next week here on the 24-7 Sports Football Recruiting Podcast. returns to Paramount Plus for a brand new season of the original hit series, Mayor of Kingstown. My job is to create a balance. Avoid a war. From executive producer Taylor Sheridan, co-creator of Yellowstone. There's some new players in town, and they brought the flag. And Antoine Fuqua, director of Training Day. I know it's always been a war zone, Mike, but this is next level. The mayor is back in business. Are you warning me? You don't want to find out. Mayor of Kingstown. New season streaming June 2nd, exclusively on Paramount Plus.